0: You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. If you are listening to this right now, you are in for a treat because I have guest Jordan Harbinger from the Jordan Harbinger show on here today. And it was so great being able to have him on this episode. And I think it's the second or third time I've had him now on the podcast. He came on a few years ago. And it's just great to have him on because he has a lot of amazing tips and techniques and things to talk to you about in terms of networking. Now, why is networking important? Well, networking is important because it's a way to build your social circle, the people around you. It's good for business. It's good for dating because you can meet other people through other people. I mean, it's really one of the most powerful things in the world if you have a lot of connections, which is why I decided to do an episode like this. And Jordan Harbinger, by the way, has like the number one podcast in multiple categories on Apple and iTunes. He has a very, very popular podcast where he's interviewed celebrities and, and all sorts of really interesting people. He's going to tell you a little bit about that on this episode. So yeah, I'm, I'm just pumped to have him on. Glad he took the time to come on here and really give you some amazing advice, stuff that I'm going to start using. I mean, I was learning from him on this episode, which I love to do when I interview people. And this is going to be stuff that you can use right away to be better with networking. I know that it's not directly related to talking to girls and meeting girls, but this is stuff that is going to be still very powerful to be able to create an amazing lifestyle for you, which is part of the outer qualities of attraction. Outer qualities, right? So I always talk about inner qualities and outer qualities. Outer qualities being... Looks, money, status, things like that stuff that you should be always working on and building and optimizing. And this goes right along with that. And we're talking about some high level stuff here that Jordan is going to be sharing with us today. I'm just so excited to have him on and go through that stuff. Just in case I want to mention to you, if you're looking to get help this fall, this winter, in terms of being able to meet more women and be able to have more dates and you feel like you're ready to take the big next step, then I want to tell you about coaching where you and I can work together one on one. I also have a, a group mastermind program, which I feel bad if if any of you listening are are interested, it is filled right now for this month, but there's opportunities potential to to get you in for some future months so it's something we can talk about it is a very highly anticipated program because there are people who want to work alongside other people and have a group to do it with but There are more options in terms of one-on-one coaching. So if you feel that you need that help and become a part of this bespoke program, which means that it is completely tailored and custom to you and it's not a one-size-fits-all thing, then go to coachedbytrip.com and make sure that you apply today by filling in all of the parts of the application and being as thorough as possible. The people who apply and write one words do not get responses back from me because it shows that you're not Really interested in this, and I need to learn about you through the application to make sure I can help you. So please fill it out as full as possible. CoachedBytrip.com is where you can apply today. You and I working together one on one. I'm helping you one on one. You even get texting access to me, too. And it's been very helpful for guys because I literally write their text messages for them and their online messages, too. So you just have to copy and paste, and boom, it's, uh, it's pretty incredible. And it gets guys dates fast. So go ahead check it out coached by trip.com and in the meantime here is my interview with Jordan Harbinger so awesome you're going to love it hey jordan what's going on man hey thanks for having me on thanks for having you back this is the second time you've been on you were on i'd say probably around like 4 years ago maybe even 5 like you were in my first year of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. You were one of the first guests, and it's just great to have you back.
1: Well, yeah, that's that's a long time ago now. Then you've been at it for uh, a minute.
0: Yeah. I, do you remember my other podcast by chance, dudes talking about chicks? Yes, I do. Okay. Okay. So yeah, that was my first one. That was back in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and then after about forty episodes, that ended, and then a few years later, ended up starting this back in two thousand fifteen. So, anyway, I was thinking about. You know, who to have on. I was like, I gotta reach out to Jordan. And dude, I mean, first of all, I love what you do and you have you've been podcasting for I'm gonna just what is like fifteen years now? How long have you been doing it for? (sighs) Yeah, fourteen years since two thousand and six. Yeah. You were like doing podcasts before anyone even knew what a podcast was.
1: Yeah, I used to go... People would go, what do you do? And I'd be like, do you know what a podcast is? And like 50-50 chance people would say no. Now, I've, I, I re- you know, I was at an Airbnb a couple months ago, I guess pre-COVID, so several months ago. And people were like, what do you do? These old people that were like in their 70s or something that ran this Airbnb. And I said, oh, do you know what a podcast is? And they started laughing and they were like, we're not that old, buddy. And <laughs> I thought that was really, really funny because I thought... They were they thought it was hilarious that I would even ask if they knew what a podcast was. Meanwhile, you know, five, six years ago, it was like these tech forward millennials that were all over Instagram would be like, mm, I think I've heard of that. You know, and so it's been it's been a long, slow development for podcasting.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy that it's been around for, you know, I don't know, probably 15 to Say 17, 18 years. And just now it's getting so big. It, you know, just now, because I probably stopped asking that question about a year ago, meaning asking people, do you know what a podcast is? Because at that point, pretty much everyone was like, oh, yeah, of course I know what a podcast is. Mm-hmm. But even if you go two years ago, you would still get some people who were like, wait, yeah, I think I know what that is. It's like, uh, A radio show online, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just interesting how it really feels like it just cracked recently. And anyway, point is, is it's great to have you on, and it's great to have you on because you have just, I mean, completely blown up. You have like the number one podcast in terms of you know, just I mean, everything. You you talk about everything. You interview so many different people. I'm curious. In the past year, just off the top of your head, who's the most interesting person? that you've interviewed. Oh, that's such a tough question. I mean, a couple, you can name a couple.
1: Sure. I'm you know, I've had people on the show like that you know what? Let me let me get let me think about this. Let me put some real thought into this cuz I've had some really interesting people on this particular show. I had an under an agent that went undercover in the mafia, this FBI guy. And he ended up taking down a ton of mobsters. I had actor Danny Trejo on the show who was really interesting. He used to be like a drug addict and became an actor by accident by showing up to a film set to help somebody get off cocaine. And they were like, we need a prisoner. Uh, You look like you might be able to do it. Can you act like a prisoner? And he had just gotten out of prison. You know, I've, I've had Amanda Knox, who was wrongly, I should say, falsely accused and falsely convicted of murder in Italy. I don't know if you remember that story. So I had her on the show. I've had terrorists on the show that are now intelligence agents working against terrorists on the show, and uh, you know I have the occasional celebrity as well. Bob Saget, Howie Mandel, Kobe Bryant was on the show. So wow. it's it, it like a favorite, you
0: know. Damn, that's awesome. Yeah, you've you've interviewed some some crazy people, and yeah, man, definitely look up to you, especially in the podcasting world. Just how big you've become, and. And how you've really, you know, just grown in this podcasting world. So it's just cool and and honored to have you here on this podcast for a second time. Where we're going to be talking about networking and talking about, you know, how we can do that now in a world where networking is not really happening in person anymore, and a lot of it is happening virtually. And especially now, it's all happening virtually. So I'm just trying to think like where to start here. But let's just start with this. Where did you get all this information on networking like how did you learn all this stuff and and why are you the person who just speaks so well to this So I used to be a Wall Street attorney and
1: I had a fair bit of imposter syndrome when I first started there because I thought oh my gosh you know I, I everyone here is so smart everyone here's a hard worker I'm not going to be able to just outwork these people nor am I just going to be able to let's say be smarter than them somehow because that's a slow process and these people are really talented. So I figured out that the way to partnership was to bring in business for the firm. And so I worked really hard on that, but all of the people that were bringing in business for the firm, all those partners, the youngest ones, they were like, "Yeah, man, just be cool, you know, like make as many friends as you can and keep in touch with them." And I was like, "What are you talking about? If I if I could just be cool, I I wouldn't be sitting here being a lawyer in the first place. You know, I would have figured out something else." So I knew that I had to de- deconstruct that particular playbook, and I started to take classes on networking. And it was always like some guy in a sweater vest at the YMCA on a Tuesday night that's like, look him in the eye and have a firm handshake. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be able to learn how to bring in million-dollar law deals for my Wall Street firm by listening to some guy who like can't even pay his rent, you know, and is like teaching Dale Carnegie classes at the Learning Annex. And I'm not trying to be like a dick to those people, but they weren't very successful as it was. And they were giving lessons to like absolute beginners. And, and half the people in those classes for networking were like, yeah, my boss said that if I can't run a meeting, I'll never get promoted to management at the post office. And I'm like, okay, I'm I'm looking for like next next level social dynamics skills here. And, and that's this isn't going to work. So I started to get into the dating industry because those were the only guys, and you know this, We, I should say, having been a dating coach for a decade, over a decade, we were the only people talking about body language, nonverbal communication, persuasion, influence. We were the only people talking about that except for like maybe a few hypnosis types. And they weren't mixing a lot of nonverbal communication or confidence stuff in there. So the dating industry and like the pickup industry was the only place where people were really breaking down advanced nuanced communication. There weren't classes for this. So I started taking even more advanced sales classes which is where they really started to harp on networking. And I remember talking with the instructors and it was really clear that we were onto something or I should say that I was onto something because I go and talk to some guy who was like the multi-million dollar Dale Carnegie superstar sales trainer for LA area. And I'd be like, yeah. So when you're doing this and that and the other thing, and then this and this and this and this, you know, what about that and this and this and this? And I'm, I don't want to get too detailed because we can get bogged down in the example. But I'd just be giving these like really detailed sort of verbal and nonverbal communications breakdowns, and he'd be like, uh, I don't know, I haven't thought about that. And that's when I realized, <laughs> oh, this is like their top person, and he doesn't know any of this. He has no clue about any of this. So even though he might naturally be charismatic. And he's a good teacher. None of these people can teach the nuanced stuff that we started teaching to our clients, just like I'm sure you do. You know, people say, like, oh, stand up straight and look confident. It's like, okay, yeah, but you don't always face the person directly. And sometimes you don't want to project super positive, open, confident body language. Like that works most of the time, not all the time. Sometimes you want different body language. Sometimes it depends on who else is in the room, you know, and none of that got taken into consideration. And I was like, this is the magic sauce. So I started working on that all the time and started teaching classes for it in law school. And then I quickly realized that zero law students, pretty much zero law students cared about nonverbal communication for networking, and they all were curious about dating. So I started really focusing on that and teaching that. And then as the economy started to take a a tank, (laughs) it started tanking in like 2008... And our law firm was like, hey, business is really slow. We're going to let a bunch of people go. I was like, you know what? I've got this podcast going. I'm teaching people how to meet and attract women. I'm just going to do this and turn that into a multi-million dollar business. So the networking stuff cam- comes out of the dating stuff that I no longer teach. But the networking stuff was in a way the foundation. And now my clients for the networking stuff are like Secret Service, Central Intelligence Agency, FBI, MI6, which is like the British sort of CIA... And Google, Facebook, you know, those kinds of things. So I I would say that as far as networking goes, it's a a far cry from look them in the eye and have a firm handshake. And we're definitely teaching some of the stuff as far as networking is concerned that nobody else even thinks about.
0: So now that we live in a virtual world, we've been a little bit forced to because of COVID, but you know, this was happening anyways. I mean, you know, people meeting virtually and, and, networking online, like LinkedIn, all that stuff has been you know, getting bigger. What kind of tips do you have for guys or how can you help a guy who's looking to network in this new world? I know that's a, it's a broad and almost vague question. But what are your thoughts on, on how to help guys looking for information on that?
1: Yeah. So right now, people are probably going, oh, I don't need to network. It's COVID. You know, we can't even go outside. Now's a great time to re-engage your weak and dormant network ties. And what I mean by that are, well, here's a drill people can do. It's called layoff lifelines. And essentially what this is, is just you know pretend you got laid off today. Hopefully you're pretending that you got laid off today or your business falls apart if you're self-employed. Who are the, let's say, 12 to 15 people that you would reach out to and get in touch with and ask for advice? And you make that list right now And you reach out to those people now while you don't have an agenda. Because a lot of people, they reach out. They're like, oh, well, I don't need anything right now. So I'm not going to reach out to anyone. And the problem with that is you end up in a deep... You end up in some deep trouble when you reach out to folks. Because if I haven't heard from you in five, six years, three years, and you reach out to me out of the blue, I'm like, okay, are you trying to sell me Herbalife, Scientology? What is it? You're broke. You need something. Like, what's up? You're suspicious and rightfully so. And so, if you say like, "Oh, hey, Jordan, it's been a long time. I haven't talked to you in a while. Can I borrow a thousand dollars?" or "Do you know anyone who's hiring?" I'm just going to be like, "Hey, nice talking to you, Trip. No, uh, I'm good. Glad you're all well. Sorry about the job situation. Got to run. I don't want any part of that. I don't know you. You know, like I-, I haven't talked to you in years. Like, why would I do that? Why would I go out of my way for Joe Blow, who I haven't heard from since high school? You know, so." If you make that list and you reach out to those people now and you don't need anything, then yeah, they'll still be suspicious, but you're not asking them for anything. So that suspicion over time subsides. You ping them again in four or five months. You ping them again four or five months after that. Then let's say in two years, you need something. You're looking for a job. You're moving. You need a connection. You have an issue you want help with. Then when you reach out to them, you're their friend and you've kept in touch. It's not some cold call out of the blue. Help, I need something. After they butter you up, you know for a minute. That type of thing is is the easiest way to maintain a network. You know, it's not about like going to some super secret networking event and saying all the right things and trying to persuade someone to give you something. People do business and help people that they know like and trust. So, you can have the magic silver tongue all you want, you know, and ha- have all the cool smooth guy sayings but if I'm trying to get something and I've known the person for a year or two and you met them a week ago and you're trying to get something from them, I'm going to win. So I just try and keep as many relationships fresh as possible. And I keep in touch with thousands of people. And I do it in about five minutes a day.
0: So how much... And you're doing that currently now? Mm-hmm, always. So what do you... So are you just busy all day just texting people no. or what it's, are you doing?
1: No. Like I said, it takes like five minutes
0: a day. So how are you doing that in five minutes a day? Yeah. So first of all, you have to do that
1: layoff lifelines thing. That'll take you like half an hour. You reach out to all those people every morning. I do connect four, which is I open my phone, I open my texting app, I go to the bottom of my texting app. That's where all those dead threads are, like people that you haven't talked to in forever. You know, you had lunch with them once in San Diego or something like that. Those people are down there. You send you reengage those people by sending a certain message. The message is based on a script. I don't have to go over the script right now. It's, it's on my website. I can give that out at the end of the show if you want, if you're cool with that. And yeah, totally. You essentially... You go through and you can send this script. You tailor it to them, of course. And people start to respond to those. And you, know, you maybe get a 50-70% response rate. But that, that's fine, of course. You know, it doesn't really matter uh, what the response rate actually is. Because you're just trying to re-engage weak and dormant ties. That takes seconds. And I also have a CRM, which is like a database of people that I'm keeping in touch with. And that's also something that you can do in just a few minutes. And every day, it gives me five people to email that haven't heard from me or haven't emailed me in the last 90 days to 120 days, whatever timer I set for that. And I just reach out and go like, Hey, haven't talked to you for a while. My kid just turned one. He's walking. What's the latest with you? I know last we spoke, you were building a house. And people will reply to those, too. You just keep these really sort of short, quick conversations going, and if I can spot something that that person needs or that I can help with, that's when I take the extra step and I go, "Oh, this person is redesigning their website. Yes, I do have a good web designer. Let me introduce you." So I start to look for places where I can offer value inside my network, and so it doesn't just stay as small talk. And what that does is it allows me to build social capital or referral currency, right so I can continually give, 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 give instead of looking for what's in it for me. You know, a lot of these sales guys are like ABC, always be closing. And it's like nobody likes those people because they're only looking at what's in it for them. So when they call you, you're like, nope, pass voicemail, you know, delete, mark a spam because they're trying to get something from you. This is ABG, always be generous, always be giving. So, if I can find that you need a new website, you need a web designer, you're looking for a virtual assistant, you just moved into the Bay Area, you need some recommendations, I'm always giving those to people and looking for introductions that I can make. And you know, you'll have people that you introduce, and they'll be like, "Hey, thanks for introducing me to that web designer. I've got a new site. I'm super thrilled, and the web designer's like, "Hey, man, thanks for introducing me to a client. I made fifteen grand. I'm super thrilled with them. So now I have two people that quote unquote, owe me one, right?" And all I did was make an email introduction. So I'm looking to do a few of those a week, ideally. And I'm keeping in touch with four people via text every day with Connect Four. I'm using my layoff lifelines list. I'm using my CRM. That really is like time you would waste on Instagram, you know? And and so whenever people go, Oh, I do that naturally, first of all, bullshit. I teach this to intelligence agents who can live and die by their strength of their relationships, and they don't do this naturally. I teach this to performance sales teams that generate hundreds of millions of dollars collectively in sales at the enterprise level. They don't do this stuff naturally. So this is very useful, very high rate of return stuff. And the more elite level you are, whether you're an intelligence agent or a salesperson, the bigger return this is going to have for you. So it's funny, whenever I teach this, I'll teach this to like, like I said, Secret Service or something like that. And they're like, this is one of the most useful trainings we've had in a while. This is great. Green Berets, whatever. We love this. This is super helpful. We're going to implement this across the unit, and then I'll teach it to like some twenty somethings that are fresh out of college, and they're like, nah, "I already do a lot of this," and I'm like, eh, "See you in the bread line, buddy."
0: Right. Oh man, dude, that is powerful. That is powerful. That is like, I mean, it makes me feel like I, I I'm I'm not doing this right. Like I need to be doing this a lot more. And and you're right. Like it's interesting how it like knocks all these all these dominoes down you know it's like you have this big network for maybe in the future if you do need something but then you're also using the network itself to help other people in the network so there's all these different uses out of the network and it's just giving you all of that credibility and giving you all those points i'm sure a lot of people owe you favors <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's the idea. And and like a lot of people do, but you never really count. You, you don't really keep score, right? Because otherwise, you end up ruining your relationships. If you, you don't need
0: score, to, they will. They, they, will. Not they will. And they'll know it.
1: Right. And and like, look, do I ever reach out to someone and say, hey, can you do this for me? And they're like, they ghost me. And I go, what the hell? I helped this person launch their book. Yes, but who cares? People are... Takers are going to take and you just sort of write that off and you go, oh, well, that's not you know a great person. And you don't you don't have to worry about it anymore. They'll often come back needing something later and you can either do it or not. But most people want to reciprocate if they can. So what's great about that is, of course, they then immediately try and figure out how to help you. And so I have people that are doing things for me that I don't have to even ask for. They'll go like, I'll look on Instagram and some person will have shared my show with their 100,000 followers or something like that. And I'll be like, Hey, thanks for that. And they're like, Hey man, least I could do. My new website is awesome. I started checking out your show and I found this and I thought that would be good for my tribe. So yeah, thank you. And I'm like, that's the kind of return that money really can't buy. Yes, you can buy advertising. But a lot of the opportunities I have that are the reason for my success are because of my relationships. You know, When I started... The Jordan Harbinger Show, I did a reboot in 2018 when I split from another company. And I called 140 people the first 30 days that were like influencers, friends of mine. And I was like, here's what happened. Here's what I need. And I had people emailing it out to their list of 100,000 people, putting it on their social media. I mean, we started off with like, you know, three downloads on the first day of the show. And we ended up with like 30,000 downloads the first week of the show. Because people shared the crap out of it, and I did that, and I repeated that process for like a year. I went on hundreds of shows, and I did dozens of sort of live things, and I had so many people helping me out. you You can't really purchase all that. You know, it would have been very difficult, but I just called upon my network. And so it's like an insurance policy that you can't buy with money. And I see a lot of people make this mistake. Like they don't dig the well before they get thirsty because they think they'll never be thirsty. And then the day comes and they go, "Oh, crap." I actually need help. And then they go, Hey, buddy, old pal, it's been so long. And I'm like, what do you want, dude? And then I'm, I'm just <laughs> the other shoe to drop. And it re- it's even worse when somebody butters you up like that. Um, this is why people think networking is awkward. Because they go, I don't want to be that guy. Because if you're a good person, you don't want to go like, Hey, Trip, what's up, man? Haven't talked to you in a while. So I've got a book. Can I come on your show and sell it to your audience? Great. Talk to you in 10 years when I have something else I want. It feels awkward to do that. And we all know people that do do that and it's incredibly irritating. And so normal, nice people, they don't want to come across that way. So they just don't network at all right? because they don't know how to do it. This way, doing it this way with the layoff lifelines and and the Connect4 drill, among other things, you can create relationships that are so fresh that it's not weird at all. In fact, it would be weird if you didn't ask those people for help. Because they are in your orbit and they will help you. And you have helped them in the past. They would be almost offended that you didn't ask.
0: Do you do a lot of phone calls or is it just
1: texting and emailing? Just texting and emailing. I do a lot of phone calls with friends, but you have to be careful because there's a very... There's a near certainty that over a long-term period of time you know you're going to have well, let me let me put it this way if your network is bigger than a few dozen or a few hundred people you're going to have so many people asking you for phone calls that you have to say no unless you're going to be on the phone all day now if i was in sales i would probably make more calls cuz i'd be calling leads and all that other stuff but for me just to maintain the relationship people will say hey, let's get on a call soon. And I'll say, hey, no offense. I am on calls all day. I'm broadcasting all day. I'm doing the podcast all day. I'm on Zoom all day long. I would love to just sort of keep it to email and keep the update short if you don't mind. And people are usually like, hey, cool, man. You know, Because they're like accounting or something. So they're in the books all day. And they're like, I love phone calls. I'm the opposite. When I'm not on a show like this or doing a show, I don't want to be Tom, My voice is raw. You know, I've talked six hours that day. I don't want to jump on the phone with somebody that I've talked to once a year ago to get an update. I just don't have time. And, and the same thing goes for like those coffee meetups. You don't have them as much now because of COVID, but there used to be a time, and I used to get this question a lot where people would go, What happens when somebody says, Let's meet up for coffee? And I'm just like, You got to say, Hey, I, I don't do that many meetings these days, but are you going to XYZ conference? Because I do my in-person networking, which is the least effective networking that you can do most of the time, it's good to see people face- to face, but I'll go, "Are you going to podcast movement?" And they're like, "Yeah, and I'm like, "Great, I'll see you there." You know, I don't want to go to Starbucks on a Friday with a total stranger and sit there and awkwardly chat. Like I can text them, we can email back and forth, I can introduce them to people, but I don't want to like jump on the
0: phone and brainstorm. Well, yeah, it's not sustainable either. It's like no. you, you know if you want to do what you're talking about. And have a massive network of people that you're connecting with that you can help, they can help you, and round and round it goes. There's not enough time in the day to even do a phone call, you know, let alone, yeah, do a, an in person meeting. So it just wouldn't work. And it has to be quick text messages, some emails, and things like that. That's like the mm. only way to do it.
1: It definitely is. Yeah. You have to make it scalable to be sustainable. So it has to be something like, okay, I can text these four people in five minutes. Not... I mean, if it, four people, if you want to meet up for coffee, that's, that's Monday through Thursday. You know, I don't... I can't do that. Sure, with your close friends, you can and you should. But don't feel obligated to meet a guy that you met four years ago at a conference in San Diego for lunch because he asked because he needs a job. You know what I mean? Like a lot of times that'll happen. People go, Let's meet up and catch up. And you're like, oh, okay. And then you meet up and they're like, so Herbalife. And you're like, get me out of here.
0: here. <laughs> yeah, right. A pyramid scheme or some other bullshit. What if they are trying? What if they're really persistent in trying to get you on the phone? And they're like, no worries. Like, we could do it in a couple of weeks. Like, when you, you know, because you could easily say, yeah, just like, it's hard for me to get on the phone these days. I'm just always, you know, talking, talking, talking. And like, no worries. I'll be patient. Like, have you ever had to deal with someone no. who's that persistent? Not really. I just never schedule anything. You
1: know, or people will go, "Hey, here's my calendar link." And I'm like, "Cool. Yeah, you know, these days I try to just keep my days as flexible as possible." And they're like, "Okay, cool. Let's talk on Friday." And I'm like, "Nah, you know, let's keep it let's keep it flexible. Let's keep it off the off the calendar." And if people are like, "I really want to chat to you." I'm like, "Hey, well, tell me what's so important. Maybe we can make time for it. You know, I'm happy to if you got something really important." And then if they won't tell me, and they just want to catch up, I'm like, I prefer to stick to this medium. And then if they do tell me like, well, I have great opportunity for you. I'm like, oh, what is it? And if they won't tell me, I know it's some freaking multi-level marketing bullshit. And I'm like, nope. And then I usually block them from... Or I make a note in my CRM, like this person's involved in multi-level marketing or this person only sees me as a sales lead. So no, thank you. Because I want to give value back and forth. But if somebody's just trying to literally get me into a pyramid scheme that they're a con artist, whether they know it or not, or they're at least complicit, or if they keep trying to sell me a freaking used car, I'm like, okay, I'm just a sales lead to you. You're a taker. I don't want to be in this relationship anymore. And I basically just cut contact. But that's so rare. I can't even imagine the last person that happened with. And it was... The last person that it happened with, for sure, was some multi-level marketing joker and, Does this
0: happened to you a lot. <laughs> you keep bringing this up. This is
1: this must happened to you all the time, all right? All the time, yeah. Because I'm in, I have a huge amount of influence for my show. So getting multi-level marketing scams, to get someone like me on their quote-unquote team, which is fake because you're not on any team. You're just a customer of the multi-level marketing scam. Right. Make millions of dollars off somebody like me because I could recruit thousands of people, but I'm never going to do it because I'm a very outspoken anti-MLM activist, if you will, because I think it's a total predatory scam. But most people who reach out for nothing, they want something from you. And if you haven't talked with somebody for a long time, they're either in a religious cult, which is maybe 1%, or they're in multi-level marketing, which is a business cult, and that's 99%. So, you know, yeah. All the time. It, it will happen to you. You will get people trying to rope you into scams, period. Oh, man. In your okay, life. Well, now yeah. we know how to stop them. Yeah. If, if, if somebody won't tell you about an opportunity and they want to meet up with you, just, just do not entertain that. They're going to waste your time. You'll you'll learn the hard way a few times, and then you'll be like, Oh, never mind.
0: You know what's funny? I this is literally happening to me right now. The weird coincidence because it doesn't happen to me that often. But I do have a friend, but he's a friend from high school. We're not that close. And he just DM'd me and said to me, like, Oh, I'm in town, I'm in Chicago, we should get together this weekend. You know, I want to tell you about an opportunity. And as I got that, I'm like, Well, I am out of town this weekend, but even if I were in town, like I just I'm staying a little bit more safe with COVID, and like you know maybe if COVID wasn't happening and it was kind of nice out and I wasn't doing anything on the weekend, sure, I'd catch up with a buddy of mine and hear what's going on, but that's not the case right now. So I definitely want to say something to him where it's just like, oh, I can't this weekend, but yo, tell me about the opportunity. and I really want to try to get it out now in terms of whatever it is, like over a DM or over text, and not have to do a meetup or even a phone call.
1: I guarantee you that if he's really insistent, he wants something because if I haven't if I'm in town with somebody that I haven't seen for a while and I'm like, "Oh my god, I really want to hang out." And they're like, "Hey, I really can't. I'm staying safe." I'm not going to pressure them because if I haven't seen you in 8 years, what's another few months or a few years? Who cares? You know, what's the big deal? Um but if somebody really is insistent on a face-to-face, they're almost certainly going to try and pressure you into something you don't want.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm sure. And I don't get a lot of these but Anytime I ever do, 9.9 times out of 10, it's something that is not going to be helpful. You know, I'm curious. Let's rewind just a little bit. You said CRM. So it sounds like you're tracking this. Can you tell me more about that?
1: Yeah, I use connectionfox.com. I own it. Uh, so full disclosure. But I, I use this and it, what it does is it, it, it lets you say like, Oh, okay. John Smith. I, I want to talk to him every six months. So I put six months in there. And then if I text him, I go into Connection Fox and I'm like, I just had a text convo with John Smith. It'll remind me in six months, unless I talk to him in three months. Then I put that interaction in there and I just sort of track these interactions. Takes just a few minutes a day. Who did I talk to today? I just look at my calendar, ding, ding, ding. Great. And it will tell me how long it's been and who's, who's sort of like, you know, who's about to overcook as far as being left alone for a while. And you've got to maintain those connections. So that has been a game changer because now I don't... See, it's normal and very human to only think about people when you need something from them. But it also makes you look terrible if you only talk to people when you need something. So what we need are systems that remind us to talk to people even when we don't need something from them. That's why the Layoff Lifelines exercise is so good. But also, that's the reason that I use the CRM. Because yeah, I'm only going to remember to talk to certain people When I'm going to their town or when I want to do something with them or have them on my show or want to introduce them to somebody, that's not ideal. So I try to do something that's time bucketed every three, four, five, six months. Then when I'm reaching out to those people, I just say, hey, you know, it's been a minute. What's going on? Here's a picture of my kid. You know, are you ever going to have kids? And they reply like, ah, hey, man, I moved to Ireland. Here's what I'm doing. Right. That stuff works really well. And then if I hit them back a week later and I go, hey, by the way, this opportunity came up, you're top of mind. They're like, oh, great. They're not like, I knew it. You've been buttering me up for three years, keeping in touch every six months, just to <laughs> to like no one's going to, no reasonable person right. thinks like that. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. the other thing is, it brings in a lot of opportunity also because I'll reach out to people and it's like, uh, you know, I'm reaching out to them because of the CRM. And then some, I, I keep in touch with a lot of people. It's probably a hundred, couple hundred a month. And again, it takes like five, 10 minutes a day. But then every month or so, someone will reach out and go, Hey, this is random, but do you still do speaking gigs? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And the reason they reached out to me is I'm top of mind because I emailed them two weeks ago out of nowhere and they hadn't heard from me in eight months or six months before that. right? So I'm in their mind and then they go, Okay, cool. I'm just stepping into a board meeting and we got to pick a keynote speaker for our annual sales event. I'm going to throw your name in the hat. And you you end up with a $15,000 speaking event. Why? Because you did the CRM. You're keeping the systems going. You've got the the well consistently dug and people are top of mind and you're top of mind for them. And yeah, if you reach out to eighty people a month, you know, four people a day, take weekends off, that's eighty people you're re engaging, something like that, depending on the month. That's maybe, let's say, 79 of them, they got nothing for you. What are the odds that one person in eighty has an opportunity for you in the next five, six months? Pretty high, honestly. Yeah.
0: Pretty high. It's interesting too, because the the I don't know what this opportunity is that my friend from high school is talking about but the reason why he even reached out to me wasn't because he thought of me he reached out to me because he saw me post an instagram story which i barely ever post so it was probably one of those like oh wow trip posted something like let me see what's what's going on with him and then he saw the instagram story and replied to it so that kind of goes along with what you're saying here is The only reason why he's even bringing this opportunity, whether it's good or bad, is because I was top of mind. Now I was doing it not purposefully and in a way with Instagram, but still it's the same idea is you're just saying, keep in touch with them. Being top of mind can be powerful and someone might have an opportunity for you. And by the way, what you're saying here is they'll have an opportunity for you, A, because you're top of mind and B, because maybe you've done something for them. So again, that's what I was saying earlier is like, this is an a interesting wheel that that turns and everything's all connected here is just keeping in touch with people, offering value. All this stuff can come back to you in a positive way for all these different reasons.
1: Exactly. And, and look, th- this is really easy to run these systems. They're really fast. And it's a lot more faster and efficient than trying to re-engage and refresh relationships when you need something. It's way easier to maintain these. It's kind of like a car. You know, like if you need to get somewhere in a hurry because you've got a book launch or you got laid off or something like that, is it easier to get the car off cinder blocks from the backyard and rebuild the whole thing? Or is it gonna be like, oh, let me just put some a little bit of gas in there and take off? You know, like that's what you want your network. Health to look like. You yeah. don't want it to look like a rusted out Hulk on cinder blocks in your front yard. You want it to be shined up and ready to go and maybe needs a little topper off of the uh, windshield wiper fluid or something like that. You know, the scrape off the windshield, give it a wash. Like that's what you want your network to look like because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen in your business, in your job. You don't know what's going to happen. And I, I know people that have had health issues that reach out to their network and it's like life saving, you know, people that end up with access to really great doctors and healthcare that they normally wouldn't because they reach out to their network and people are like, we can't let this happen, you know, and they get them into the Mayo Clinic or something. So it's, it's important. Wow. It's not like making extra dollars in your internet marketing thing. It's about, you know, landing on your feet when you get laid off in a tough economy. Because the more people that care about you, the, the easier that landing is going to be.
0: Yeah, yeah, damn. This is uh, no joke. This is inspiring me and makes me just want to reach out to more people and, and continue to network. I mean, even like you and me, like, we haven't, I haven't emailed you. You haven't emailed me. I haven't been in touch with you since the last time you were on my podcast four years mm-hmm. ago. I was like, I'm going to reach out to him. And I mean, I would think it's, it's offering value because I'm asking you to come on my podcast, which is going to yeah. get people on your podcast. And I reached out to you and I didn't know even know what was gonna happen. But if you and I would have been keeping in touch at least once a year or twice a year for the past four or five years, it wouldn't have been a question. I probably would have texted you and said, Hey man, when can you come on my podcast? And yada yada. So there's there's just a lot of power there and and I think people can really tap into it. I want to just take a small tangent but still stay related. Let's talk about dating just for a second. Like this Concept. Have you ever thought about this concept and and what you're talking about now in any realm with dating? Like, is there any parallels here in terms of what you're doing and what someone can do in terms of just keeping people afloat? Like, where is this connected to dating at all? If you've ever found so, sure. I mean, I think most people
1: would say that, especially when I was doing the dating thing. You know, when you start first starting getting into the dating thing, you're like, okay, there's this one girl that I really want. I gotta plan this whole thing out. And then as you get better with the dating, you realize it's not about picking like one particular target, if you will. It's about really vibrant, healthy social life. And then what happens when 30 people come over to your house and grill every Sunday? You have an active, vibrant social life. When you just try to get one person interested in you, well, crap, all your eggs in are in one basket. And then they're like, you know, okay, I don't want to come over and watch Netflix, stop calling me, you know, that kind of thing. But if you have a vibrant social life, like that was the main difference. When I was single, it was like, okay, I'm gonna get this one person. That never worked. But when I started just being like, you know what, screw it, I'm gonna have a pool party every weekend, then it was like, you're beating them off with a stick because everybody wants to be a part of that world. And networking is the same type of snowball effect. You know, you've either got a really healthy, vibrant network and you're able to help a ton of people, or you don't. You know, those people who try to make strategic relationships with one or two people, it's really tough. They spend a hell of a lot of time and a hell of a lot of money kissing the right asses. And then they kind of maybe get their foot in the door. But people who have really vibrant, healthy networks, they find opportunities coming at them left and right because they're like, they're just helping so many people. They're getting so many introductions. They don't even know what to do with it. That's kind of where I'm at right now. It's not like, okay, I have to meet. Joe Rogan, let me just work all these angles. It's like, no, I'm just going to meet and help as many people as possible. And then it's like, hey, have you met my friend Joe Rogan? And 60 people are trying to introduce you to that person You know, over the course of a year. And you're like, hey, a lot of people keep telling me about you. And then you you get that connection because I keep hearing about you, man. We got to meet up. Okay, yeah, let's do it. I keep hearing about you too. That's how it works. Because you have a really fresh, vibrant, healthy network. Not because you've You know, did all these cool tricks to try and get someone interested in whatever you're doing. You know Yeah.
0: You're talking about the long term play here, the stuff that actually works, not just quick little, you know, tips and tricks, but with anything, you gotta put the legwork in. Mm -hmm. And you gotta start somewhere. And even you still you're put you're still putting the legwork in. You know, you're you're feeding the machine, you're doing the texting every day, you're reaching out to people, you know, you're doing it, you're hustling and, and that's the the real way anything's going to happen. It just takes a few minutes a day. My course that's free for this, it's not
1: upsell or or it costs anything. It's, it's just free because it works really well. And it helps me extend my network by extension. It's called 6-Minute Networking because I timed everything. And it literally takes like a few minutes a day. I mean, it's not half hour a day. You don't have to schmooze. You don't have to be like, Hey, buddy, old pal. You're literally just updating people and helping other people. There's nothing awkward about it. There's nothing embarrassing about it. The biggest quote-unquote problem people think they're going to have is like, oh, it's going to be weird and this, they're going to judge me. The biggest problem people actually have is that they're like, I don't know what to do with all the people that want to meet up and hang out. And I'm like, okay, so that's why I told you before, we have to like manage that and stay in the virtual space instead of going out for one-to-ones. Uh, Another thing you can do with that is once COVID's over, when people start to ask you to meet up, throw a dinner party every Sunday and invite a bunch of people. Then you're the center of that network and other people are meeting each other because of you and you get a chance to catch up with them. Or just have a bar night. Like, yeah, let's meet up at such and such bar on Friday at 6pm. I've got a few people showing up. And if they can't make it or don't want to make it, then don't meet them for coffee on one-to-one. Do one to many, or many to many is what you would do. You know, that's where you get a lot of referral currency, and you're not responsible for entertaining someone for an hour. And frankly, if they don't want to show up well, when you're doing a group thing, they probably just wanted to pitch you on their crap. You know, they wanted to do a one to one sales meeting. And anybody who abuses those sort of many to many interactions, like they show up to your dinner party and they're trying to pitch their protein shakes, you just ban them, you know, and you say, oh, never talking to them again. So, they're done. Yeah. But it's pretty rare, man. Like, I've had really, really good luck with all of these things. And it's been game changing. You know, I have a multi million dollar business because my network is really strong. Like, it's been the number one biggest generator and driver of everything. A lot of people are like, no, you got to be doing this. I'll network later once I get my prototype going or once this is working, once that's working. Don't do that to yourself. This is the work. This is where your time is best
0: spent. Right. Just like you said, don't build a well when you're thirsty. Build don't, it now. Don't, you got to take the time. well
1: before you're thirsty. Yeah. If, it, 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 you're too late to put a spare tire on the trunk of your car if you've already got a flat. Right. Like This is the insurance policy that you can't purchase.
0: I love it. Dude, this is awesome. Seriously inspiring. You are a master at this. This is why I had you on here to talk about this. Such good information. Thank you for coming on. If guys want to get this and I want to get this too, where do we go? And I'll make sure to put that link in the show notes.
1: Yeah. So the 6-Minute Networking Course, which is again free, is at jordanharbinger.com slash course. And if you like learning from mafiosos and, and you know, special forces and billionaire investors and whoever you know, check out the Jordan Harbinger Show. I got a pretty eclectic uh, mix of people over there.
0: Cool. Awesome. Guys, highly recommend. Awesome show. Check it out. We'll put that also in the show notes. Jordan, dude, great to talk to you again. I'm going to take the advice right from you and I'm going to keep in touch with you and you, you know, I should, should text and email more often than once every five years.
1: It's That's funny. About... I just checked my CRM and you are in there and it looks like we last talked about three years ago, which is weird because that means you weren't in the right reminder bucket. So I fixed that nice
0: awesome well that's great that's great i'm curious i three years ago was it for the podcast does it say what it was what was for
1: it actually says now it just refreshed and it said last contact you know 9 a.m today or whatever but before that it looks like it was hold on let me see if i can go into our activity feed here yeah uh oh that's weird yeah it looks like it was for something a while yeah it was like 2017 i can't really see it right now because it's I'm loading it and I don't want to get distracted from what we're doing here. But yeah, it was probably for the last time I was on your show. Yeah,
0: Yeah, probably. Damn, that's crazy. Cool, man. Awesome. Thanks again for being here. Guys, check out his stuff. He's the man and he knows what he's talking about. Jordan, we'll have you on again definitely and sooner than three years from now. Great. Thank you so much.